The show is supported in part today by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform. We're talking about traveling. We're talking about leaving your house. We're talking about being with other people in the world. Uh, maybe people who don't even speak the same language as you. Isn't this amazing? Uh, this travel booking platform actually makes planning a journey in Europe and North America both pretty effortless. You just enter your travel details, and then uh, Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, ferry options for your journey. It's like literally not ever been simpler to book uh, a real vacation. Oh, man. Are you excited? Best of all, uh, using Omeo saves you time and money, and that's clearly a win-win. Uh, Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com, O-M-I-O.com, and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. LISTENER5, valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport, and it's uh, clearly just the pick-me-up that 2021 needs. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Now, let's do some rock and roll bedtime storytelling. Hey, you awake? Yeah. I just want you to know I hate you. So is my dad. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God! Why don't you tell me a story? How do you sleep at night? I don't want to hang out with a bunch of wannabe corporate sellouts. Man. That's the sound of serious rock and roll talk about to happen. It's rock and roll bedtime stories. We're pouring drinks. We're getting ready to talk about rumor and innuendo from our favorite artists and bands. My name is Brian, and the man with all of the rocks in his drink tonight. Yeah, I've got lots of rocks. Hey, I'm Murdoch. I'm so glad that you could join us tonight for another episode. Yeah, so episode um, 28 uh, was Blackie Lawless versus the PMRC. So, but tonight, I want to bring you into the wonderful world of their former guitar player and founding member, Chris Holmes. Okay, so I, I know a little bit about Chris Holmes, more than I did because of that uh, great book, the uh, Richard Beanstock and Tom Bajor book that we uh, talked about a few weeks back. Um, nothing but a good time. So one thing I asked Tom and Richard about was, in Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2 that Penelope Spheres directed, did Chris Holmes, when he's laying in a pool, fully clothed, on a float, with his mom sitting beside the pool, was he really pouring entire bottles of vodka into his <laughs> mouth and all over his face? You did ask them this, and they said they think that it was actually vodka, but they don't actually—they don't really know because they're not Penelope. But that—that that was the impression that they got when they talked to her, right? Well, yeah, and the—the the thing is, is that it—it it becomes kind of a mystery based on uh, there's a lot of lore about it and there's an impact and I wanted I'll talk about my the personal impact that it had on me as a music nerd and a kid when the movie came out um, but briefly like so now when I go back and I watch videos of Wasp I am floored by just the insane stage presence that is Chris Holmes He's this unreal person to watch on stage. And we talked about in that episode previously about Wasp, we, when we were talking about Blackie Lawless specifically. Blackie Lawless specifically, uh, with a lot of people, is known to be a very prickly character. Someone that's not all that friendly, and not friendly to fans sometimes. And to briefly explain Chris Holmes 
as he explains it himself in this new documentary that you can watch right now called Mean Man, it's streaming in a couple places for free, he says, quote, a bus pulls up and Stephen Duran gets off the bus. He goes into a dressing room and puts on Blackie Lawless. He goes on stage and does the Blackie Lawless thing. Then he gets off stage, goes to the dressing room, takes off Blackie Lawless, and Stephen Duran then goes and gets on the bus. So it's a character. And then there's Chris Holmes, who is that same insane person 24-7 <laughs> every day. It's like you. And, 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 and you know, the, the thing about him is, is that he was a significant part of a band that, that you know, made arguably some really underrated, like, heavy metal music in the 80s that was kind of... I mean, they kind of got overshot because of how, like, the shock factor that right, they, were. Right. they were. They were totally. For example, like, Wild Child, like, that song could have been on rock and roll radio and been all over MTV. Like, there's falsetto. <laughs> Listen how obnoxious and bombastic this is. It's big, and I, I love two things: the guitar riff, and then th that classic build, that like real '80s metal thing where all of a sudden the drums would come in and they would kick it up a notch. There's, there's real. I mean, that's like uh, it's like taking a hit of uh, musical methamphetamine, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm a hundred percent there. So, but unfortunately, let's, if we can go back to Tom and Richard's book, Nothing But a Good Time, at some point, <clears throat> Wasp decided that they were going to put a naked girl in a cage and they would throw raw meat at her. Really? Absolutely. That's true. If you'd like to see videos of it, they do exist. Thanks, Internet, of Blackie Lawless having a box that is labeled raw meat that he takes raw meat out and like <laughs> tries to eat it and pull it apart in his own teeth and then he has a metal crotch piece that is over like a buzz saw that's in his crotch that's very famous it's the cover of the record animal fuck like a beast he would take the raw meat and like you know use it as a knife uh, okay. totally true so so this kind of thing if you're in a band like this who is paying attention to what's really going on in those songs or, or really going on with some musicianship when there's this insanity right. going on? Right. Like, so it, it comes off like a marketing ploy, right? In a good way, in a bad way. So at a, to, to your point, it's like, I think we saw this in that book and we talk about this a lot, right? There's some 80s metal acts that were not very good. Maybe they grew into themselves or got better. But, you know, you, you talk about Poison and even Motley Crue to a certain extent. There was a lot of talk of, you know, especially at first, they were not very good, but there was a lot of show involved. What you're describing is there's so much show that it overshadows guys that are really good musicians. And Chris Holmes, for all intents and purposes of being just 
a crazy metal guy with lots of mascara that plays lots of Jackson guitars. For the most part, seems like he's a terrific musician. Blackie Lawless was, for a, a New York Minute, was in the New York Dolls. He'd been around, I mean, like, Blackie Lawless is a serious, you know, he's been around the block. I'm not saying the guy is like Bach or Beethoven or Clapton, but for Pete's sake. Hey, let me just tell you, also, I, we just got word from Clapton's manager. He's very glad that you went Bach, Beethoven, and then Clapton was your power ranking. <laughs> Eric Clapton feels very good about that. I had to get to a rock and roll reference. I was like going like classical. I mean, that, you know, at parties, I hear uh, Clapton often refers to himself in the same breath as those two uh, people. So it, it's definitely perfect. Yeah. Also, he's turned out to be kind of a terrible pandemic person. So screw him. But what we're really talking about here that's very specific, the decline of Western civilization part two that was directed by Penelope Spears was a look at los angeles the sunset strip and the sunset like metal scene when it came out and it was just filled with musicians people men and women who all were i'm going to make it and then there'd be the question of in 10 years from now what if you don't make it and everyone's answer would be like no i'm, I'm going to make it i'm going to continue to work until i make it the unfortunate thing that there's a band called Odin that never became anything, and they mentioned in nothing but a good time. Tom and Richard mentioned that the singer that said if he didn't, you know, in the movie he says if he didn't make it, he was going to kill himself. That singer is a construction worker um, in Southern California, and not in a band. But Blackley Lawless didn't get in the movie, but Chris Holmes agreed to do it. There's some speculation that there was an actually a, a previous interview earlier in the day but we hear now from penelope spheres who will say now that she kind of got one shot at this and when she started shooting it she thought oh my gosh we're gonna have to do this again but instead the clip this is as shot was put in the movie and it really speaks for itself so we're just going to listen to it and even if you haven't seen it before just listening to it you'll understand that there's a man that's drunk that's in a pool in the middle of a movie about rock stars that these people that want to make it big chris do you yes, drink very much pardon do you drink very much uh yes i do i'm a full-blown alcoholic just when he's awake i i drink too much Here. okay why do you drink that much uh because i enjoy it do you think a rock and roll lifestyle turned you into an alcoholic? Yes, it does. How much of that do you drink a day? About five pints. A vodka? Yeah. Five quarts, pints, who cares? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> if you can tour one year, uh, it'll take four years off your life. Why do you get so loaded, though? Well, because it's the only thing that, that lets me get free, you know. You think you might be covering up some pain? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. What would that be for him, I wonder? Oh, here. Do you, do you like this label? Sure. This. Let's not avoid the issue. What would that be from? Uh, this, okay, here, watch. Do you wish, Chris? Do you wish that you were um, a bigger star than you are right now? Do I wish what? That you were a bigger star than you are. 
Um, not really. I wish I was a smaller star. I don't, I don't dig being the person I am. Uh, and I just, I just don't like it. Uh, I just don't. Being the person who uses, like, excuse me, uh, being who I am is just like, here what? Uh, wowzers. <laughs> right. So, hey, hold on. Can I, can I make a couple of comments? Yeah, Being yeah, the fir- my first time not, through that clip. Right. You've never seen that clip before. And okay. even just hearing it, there, everyone, I hope, can understand there's a well, drunk guy in a pool. But yeah, go ahead. Let yeah. me explain what you don't hear. Uh, when he keeps talking about the bottle of vodka and he says, look at the label, he's holding the bottle incorrectly so that there's no way she can see the label. And I'm not sure he realizes he's doing that. Secondly, he then, while she's asking him more questions, starts to pour, and this is what Murdoch's been talking about, starts to pour the vodka down his throat in a way that I do have a little trouble believing it's vodka. Because I don't know how, it doesn't matter if you drink five pints or quarts or whatever a day, I don't know how it possibly doesn't, like, burn, like, have you burned off every part of your throat that would push that back up because it's just literally like like he is chugging a bottle of vodka and then the last thing you need to know is that intermittently throughout it his mother is sitting next to the pool and she's just basically glaring at the camera and they keep cutting to her while they're talking to chris and, and her expression does not change so that is quite an interesting piece of pop culture archaeology you know, MTV came to me um, as a teenager and brought me all those things, and I got to see Motley Crue and White Snake and White Lion and Great White. So I got to, when I saw that movie, I was like, I'm watching a documentary. You know, even as a kid, like now. Like, Is this what led you to a life of not watching anything that uh, wasn't created by a guy in a uh, beret? Like, I, you know, or just you know, I just don't like. I watch documentaries. I'm one of those every people. time I just, for the record, every time I'm like, "Hey Murdoch, you want to go see this movie where stuff blows up, or like a giant monkey fights a gigantic lizard, or Liam Neeson is in Dire Straits, right. and he's like, no, nah, man, I need like a British guy narrating." Yeah, I I like documentaries. I mean, what am I gonna do anyway? So even as a kid, you know, I'm like 13, I guess, when this I saw this movie, I rented it on VHS, but it made a big impression on me because. I didn't understand how to feel about it. By the way, to get back to documentaries, since they're the only movies that I do watch, Mean Man, which is a documentary about Chris Holmes that came out in 2020, by the way, Kurt Levis, who is a roadie, said he's going to be remembered for that for the rest of his life. And it's true. Yeah. He He also said it was water because what a waste of vodka. I mean, really. <laughs> Roger Rennick, who is a, a childhood friend and a former bandmate of his when he was younger, before he was in Wasp, said, quote, I had the same reaction as everybody. It was sad. I always wondered how much of it was real. And over the years, I've had that conversation with him several times. And depending on his mood, he gives me different answers. Johnny Rod, bandmate, laughed and said, I was fucking real. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. 
travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. You're getting out of your house. You're getting out of your house. Uh, Omeo can make it really easy for you um, by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. It's valid until the 30th of June for new users on all modes of transport. All you have to do is enter your travel details, and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's that easy. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. So I just want to take a quick turn because this is a little dark. Prepare to get your mind blown because in the early 90s, Chris Holmes was married to... This might be my new uh, karaoke song. I didn't get laid, I got in a fight. So Chris Holmes was married to Lita Ford? I did not know this. Yeah. Man, I I used to play this on the radio and... uh, do you remember like when we'd be in the radio studio and you could like put the headphones on and turn it up really loud in the phones, but there would be no noise in the studio? Yeah, and it was like sure. I oh man, I would do that with this song a lot. <laughs> you like this song a lot. Yeah, hold on. I mean, it's it's all the punk rock structure, and then it's got the great melodic stuff she goofs around with in the chorus, where it's she didn't sing it straight, right? So, like, yeah, no, I love it, man. That's a, that's a great song. I'm going to learn how to play that song tonight after our show. I just wanted to look that up, and I'll figure that later. So, but why I wanted to bring up Lita Ford and make this left turn was that. Now it's been over, uh, I guess, 14 years ago. She gave a, an interview and said, quote, that scene really ticked me off because that was a setup. Penelope Spheris, who was the producer of the time, set Chris up for that scene, which I thought was just dirty. And he ended up pouring pool water all over his face. It's not vodka in that bottle. Can you imagine pouring vodka all over your face like that? I will say he does set- not. I got to say it again. He does not take it like it is vodka. It does not look at all in the way in which he reacts like that could possibly be vodka it was a setup and it really ruined his career it destroyed his career which is why he doesn't live in the country anymore and it is true he moved to finland uh fair like you know about like a decade or so ago and now he lives in france and so he i mean his career has completely had a radical trajectory and the thing that he's really upset about is he didn't make any money off any of the wasp music so really what happened this is a direct quote from him just so i can let his words explain it quote a lot of people think i made money from wasp i never got royalties i never got paid one penny what not at all he can get paid at all 
And you know whose fault that is. It's my fault for not knowing the business at all. I'm talking when albums are done and how they split up the publishing. With the publishing contracts, that's where all the money comes from, and I was never told about those meetings, and I just didn't know. The other members in Wasp never wrote a song, and I was the only one other than Blackie. I was the only one they had to screw over to get all the publishing. In 2006, I went into Sanctuary Music and had a lawyer find out where my publishing was and discovered that I was written in as a session musician for all of the albums. What? Who did that to him? Blackie? Oh, Blackie Lawless. Yeah, sure. So, oh, yeah, Blackie Lawless, would make him, Blackie Lawless would make himself the executive producer of the record. You know, and, and stuff like so, that. So, I mean, is the theory then that Chris was just really was drinking a lot and just partying and like not paying attention? Like, kind of like, hey, Blackie's got this handled, not knowing that he was bitten, written out of stuff? Like, that's insane. When I was watching Mean Man, the documentary, I saw that what the overall feeling from the people that are interviewed in the film was that Chris was taken advantage of in a way that you know, you couldn't hold him back on stage because he was such an unbelievable, crazy presence, just jumping up and down and banging his head and everything. But in the studio, apparently Blackie would make sure that his guitar wasn't as loud in the mix. He really did trust him to take care of that, that business. The thing that we still don't know is, was that really vodka in his bottles? <laughs> I mean that's that's why well, we're here. Okay, yeah, okay. If that's why we're here, let's go. Let's jump and talk a little bit about Penelope Spheris because I feel like that is what this part partly comes back to is how much did she push on this? And she talks in that book, nothing but a good time. In those interviews, she says basically that she didn't do a whole lot of pushing on that one or, or, or posing or manipulating. The only thing she really cops to is she mentions the, the Ozzy Osbourne cooking breakfast thing is something that she kind of set up so that she could reference the first film. So let's talk about her a little bit. I mean, I think there's a few really quick bullet points that people to, to put her into the pop cultural lexicon that people need to realize. She's known for these movies, these decline of Western civilization movies, but she's known for another movie that is not a documentary but I'm assuming you've seen it, that did as much, maybe, for rock music in the 90s, uh, and especially for a particular Queen song, uh, resurrecting it in the 90s. She directed Wayne's World. Right, and, and, and the thing about that is, that is so fucked up. It's such a weird thing that these three movies that she made had an impact the, the punk years like the big the, the early one yeah let's talk let's talk about the two different films so this is decline of western civilization you keep saying it but it's part two and that's not just that's a joke two. there is a part right. one and the part one came out in the early 80s filmed in the late 70s and early 80s about one about yeah. la punk so it's specifically right. about a different sort of music um, and that had a huge impact did you know like at a certain point they like outlawed screenings of that in la <laughs> Yeah, Daryl Gates did the the chief of police. He he wrote a letter demanding that the film not be shown. Hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's right? very funny. Black flag germs, circle jerks. That they're they're in that movie. That's eighty one. Uh, part two was it was like eighty seven, but then she did make uh, a part three that came out in ninety eight, which was a little bit different. Uh, because what it did is she talked to homeless teenagers 
kids are squatting in buildings in uh, in Los Angeles. So she made these three, you know, that are significant pop culture music movies. Um, and and Schwing, she made Wayne's World, uh, which is just the whole thing makes no sense. Like it's just bizarro, really. Um, well, and you know, you've already mentioned the. Um the thing that was so influential in your childhood that she made, right? I mean, when you discovered Decline of Western Civilization, I have to admit that she had a huge effect on me, and it wasn't the Decline movies, and it wasn't Wayne's World. It was this doing, stupid buddy? quote. Tell me, officer, do you have any idea how fast you were going? I guess I was going about 65 stops. Seven. Seven miles an hour. God, the first time I saw that that movie, Black Sheep, I laughed about the seven miles an hour thing when they're high on nitrous for like a three months straight. I still, yeah. I, Black Sheep definitely is not Tommy Boy, though it tries to be. Um, it's it's it, uh, really uh, more of the inferior Chris Farley canon. But the freaking scene where they are driving that car really slowly and they get pulled over is still uh quite incredible uh to my brain so shouts to penelope spheres for that so real recently uh in an interview that chris holmes gave last month actually uh with a uh, with full in bloom he said it was real vodka if you look at the footage it burns my eyes i have others i've seen other interviews where penelope she sold someone that it wasn't. It blows my mind. Why would I pour pool water down my throat? That'll make you barf. It has chlorine in it. And he said, I'm not the kind of person to really do too much fake. I'm sure you've probably noticed that by my documentary. It's the way my mom raised me. <laughs> Bring it back to mama. Mama Holmes is back in the saddle. Oh, man. That, yeah. that, like, why has that, has that been memed? Is there are there like Chris Holmes mom's memes or was it just too far out of the lexicon at, at the point of the meme emergence? Because there needs to be Chris Holmes mom's memes. Uh, Say I that think, ten times I fast. Think, I, I think that you're on to something because I don't think that's ever happened. Because <laughs> oh, oh my lord! It's because everyone out there just you know we'll put it I, I, we'll put it in the show notes. You'll see it. The clip is interesting. Watching a clearly whether it's real or not, what he's pouring in his mouth. He's clearly hammered. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. But the the shots of his mom are totally weird. Like, it's like seeing a clown, like, that's angry, getting out of it's, it's sitting on it, like, at a bus stop. It's just like one of those things that's just unnerving. That's what that's what Chris Holmes' mom looks like in this movie. It's just such a strange thing. So it's definitely worth worth a look. So right so, after you get done learning "Kiss Me Deadly" by Lita Ford, let's start a meme factory. <laughs> so so here we so so we are here at the 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 end of our story. That's really where we're at. So are we going with his story? I mean, what's our decision? Are we saying Chris Holmes says it was vodka? Lita Ford says it wasn't. Penelope Penelope Spheris, who who the hell can trust her? Like. Where are we landing on this? My brain tells me that it was fake, but my heart wants me to believe Chris Holmes. It was real. <laughs> because 
because it seems such a fuck you thing to do. It's it's such a ridiculous. Well, I, let's can thing. I can we get on the couch for a second? Can we get can we, can I be your therapist? I feel like there is a bit of your childhood wrapped up in this, and that this is like okay. Let me just compare this to something that it's very much not like at all, but it's exactly like which is the I, moment ready for this. the moment I found out probably a decade or two into my fandom of the Counting Crows that Adam Duritz those are hair extensions. Those are not his natural really? dreads. Yeah. And he's now taken them off entirely. And I watched a whole interview that our friend, our mutual friend Kyle did with him recently. And I was just so distracted the whole time because he doesn't have them at all right now. And, um, whew. does he look, does he look like Caillou? He looks very old, man. But I mean, you know, he is an older guy, and so is Chris Holmes, and that's what happens, right? A rock star's age, they're just I'm humans. Just Adam Duritz, I'm the singer of Counting Crows, and you can call me Caillou. <laughs> Why are you singing the Caillou theme song? What, I don't know. What the is wrong with you right now? <laughs> I don't know, because you said, I told you, I was like, I asked you when they took off the extensions, did he look like Caillou? And you went right through that stop sign. I was like, did you not hear me? <laughs> or, or like, or like the, or like angry Charlie Brown. Like, okay, I, I there was a small angry Charlie Brown vibe. I'd actually kind of go with that. That that actually resonates a little bit. But I mean, I, I, we're being silly, but it does connect, right? Which is like, we have these things that we assign to the artists and the bands that we love and you have these like i mean there is something formative about that for you about seeing this guy define rock star for you right mine was whiny and dreads yours was vodka in a pool <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now I someone's mean, trying to take that away from you i know uh, yeah why are they doing this but even <laughs> even, even kurt kurt levi's who's the roadie um, that said that you know it was water. You know, it was a waste. It'd be a waste of vodka. He said he's the one that said you know this, he'll be remembered for this for the rest of his life. Yeah. He said, well, that's but that's rock and roll. Yeah. But my heart tells me that that he's he's drinking vodka in the pool. <laughs> I don't understand why he would do something so ridiculous. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously. Why would someone be so ridiculous to say the things that he says where he calls himself a piece of crap? There's a lot of, like, self-hatred that's going on there. And, like, why would he fake all that? Like... Yeah, be- I mean... Because it... So I, I, so my, my take is I, I think I think that's really... I definitely think he's drunk. I definitely think he's very drunk. Now, whether he's probably had a lot of vodka. Now, whether or not what he's pouring on himself is vodka, that I think is debatable. But I definitely think he's drunk. And I definitely think she caught him in this drunk and vulnerable position that regardless of whether or not he's pouring the vodka on his head, it doesn't really change that scene, in my opinion. I mean, you're still getting... The, the thing that the reason he will always be remembered for it has less to do with the vodka that he's pouring on himself and more to do the, with the fact of these other things that clearly were real, which is he allowed himself to be filmed fully clothed in a pool next to his mom while he's talking about the depths of addiction. It is. Whew, I'm glad that he's come out the other side of it and that he's still around with us. I mean, I don't think anybody placing bets 
after watching that movie in the late 80s would have said this is a guy that's definitely not going to die young yeah and if you get a chance and you watch the documentary that just came out last year mean man you'll find that the reason that he's still alive and around is because he does not give a fuck about anything and he is a like he he wears a jacket walking around with his wife in France that has someone flipping the bird he he takes pictures with all the fans after these shows which are in these very small venues you know but and it's in Europe and he does Scandinavia and all these places but in a lot of the pictures like he takes pictures and he flips you know he's flipping off the camera it's he's still that guy there's something that's honest about it and maybe it's there's something that's really naive about the guy the, the reason we tell these stories is to try to figure out like whether they're they're true or not. And and for me, this is a great story because, you know, it's a crazy thing to watch on film about something that a rock and roll star does that's just full of excess. If for anything, if anyone listens to this and goes, you know, I think I'm going to give Wasp an extra extra shot. I think I've done my job here. Well, that's I mean, I, I only have one question left, and that is... You know, we've had the Blackie Lawless episode, and now we've had the Chris Holmes episode. When are we getting the Randy Piper episode? <laughs> I mean, are we just going to do all of the members of Wasp? Like, at what point are we just going to max out on our Wasp content on this podcast? We might be leading the internet in Wasp coverage anymore. I think we should be the official Wasp like podcast. Can we get Chris for- Holmes on the show? I mean, that's the logical next step. Can you handle that? that? Would you be able to handle it? Yeah, I think so. I think we could also get Stephen Duran or Blackie Lawless. I think we could get him on the show. But it would be so hard not to play crank yankers with him and be like, (laughs) so everybody says that you're a butthole. Is that just really true? And a Christian. You're a butthole Christian. (laughs) Yeah, he's a born-again Christian. Yeah, and and, a... I think you're Republican, you know. Oh, this sounds right up our alley. Uh, letter writing campaign, let it commence. If you want us to uh, try to get all of the members of WASP associated with this show at some point, uh, you can write to wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. You can check out everything else we're doing at wearethestoryguys.com, um, including our other podcast. Got a, a new episode of our Story Guys uh, which is our, our uh, flagship pod uh, where we just tell each other stories that aren't necessarily music-related, but they kind of end up being music-related. Um, you can check that out, and you can check out uh, new episodes coming soon of Hypotheticals, another pod uh, starting its second season on our network. So everything is there at wearethestoryguys.com. Just click on podcasts. And until next time, uh, what are we doing, Murdoch? Keep telling stories. And keep making Chris Holmes' mom's memes. <laughs> mom memes. Chris Holmes' mom's memes. Waspy moms. <laughs> oh, God. Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories is a Story Guys production. The show is produced and edited by Brian Eichenberger. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright Toy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.